So in the merit of this Torah learning, Hashem give, um, they protect Eretz Israel and Am Yisrael. Okay, it's called the Sefer's Structure. Sefer Chofetz Chaim made it possible for the first time for a person to study the laws of Loshon Hara in an organized fashion. The Chofetz Chaim writes, I wrote the Sefer where I gathered all the halachot that were scattered throughout the Talmud and the writings of halachic authorities, especially the Rambam, Smag, and Shorei Teshuvah, authored by Rabbeinu Yonah. Before delving into the subject matter of the Sefer, the Chofetz Chaim describes its overall structure and the guidelines under which it was written. He begins, I divided the Sefer into two parts. The first is the laws of Loshan Hora, and the second section is Hilchus Rechilus, the laws pertaining to gossip. I then divided the laws into chapters and each chapter into se- several segments. I added illustrations so a person could receive practical advice on how to be careful in given situations. I named the Sefer Chofetz Chaim from the verse Mi Ha'ish Achafetz Chaim Netzor Lashoncha Mira, who is a who is the man who wants life? Guard your tongue from evil, from Tehillim. Because I wanted the Sefer to be as accessible as possible, I then separated the material into two parts. The essence, which is the, is the halacha, that is derived after careful study and analysis, are called Makor Chaim, which is the source of life. I gave it this name because speech is the essence of life, as we see from the verse, Vayhi Ha'adam, the nefesh chaya, and man became a living beam from Bereshit, which, which Onkelos translates as a speaking being. The body of sources and clarifications of each halacha are named Be'er Mayim Chaim, which is wellspring of living fresh water, because these sources were well, were well from which I drew Makora Chaim. Know, my brother, that for every point that is mentioned in this work, I cite the source in Be'er Maim Chaim. The reason why he, so caref- why he so carefully cites his sources, explains the Chofetz Chaim, is so that it should be clear to everyone that whatever is mentioned in the Sefer is not in any way debatable or optional. Everything here is halacha and is, as re- and is required of each and every Jew. The Chofetz Chaim offers strong medicine. He understands that this is what is needed to lift us from the complacency which is so easily felt with regard to Loshan Hora. In his writings, the Chofetz Chaim carefully avoids exaggerations and overstatements, yet he ends the section by stating, when one will ponder the sin of Loshan Hora and understand its significance, the hair on his head will stand on edge from the magnitude of the sin. So just, I think just to tie this to yesterday's um, page, there was no body of work that put all the concepts of Loshan Hora from all the different sources together. So we're actually lucky. <laughs> We've got it all in, in a little book like this. We've just got to learn it and practice it. So everything in the Sefer is Halacha and is required of every Jew. Good time? Yeah, we'll do after the... Uh, okay. 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 Ok
E&H Electronics, a Jewish-owned, I don't know, I can't read this. I think it's E, who's got good, I know it's B&H, but I think this is E&H. Oh, E&H, he changed it. And it's a Jewish-owned company, which is part of the story. The website was offering the latest Apple iPhone for close to 50% less than what it generally was being sold for. Benjamin ordered an iPhone on the E&H website the company charged his credit card and shipped the phone. Later, E&H proclaimed that the pricing of this product on their website was an inadvertent error. E&H refused to honor the sale of any of the iPhones brought at that price, including the one purchased by Benjamin. And E&H is requiring that Benjamin return the phone. E&H did give Benjamin a refund for the amount he had paid. Under halacha, does Ben? They sent the phones and then they just send it back. Send it back. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's just a hypothetical thing. So. Okay. Yeah. Too bad. Under halacha, does Benjamin have a claim to enforce the sale and keep the phone? Yes. No. Too low. Yeah. Too low. Yeah. Too low. Yeah. Too low. Yeah. Outside the norms of the regular price. Oh, yes. Okay. So based on several gemaras, gemaras in Bava Metzia, the Rambam rules that. One may not sell or purchase in a manner that defrauds the other party to the transaction. And one who does so has transgressed a negative Torah commandment. The source of this Pasuk, of this is a Pasuk in Vayikra, which says, When you make a sale to your fellow or make a purchase from the hand of your fellow, do not aggrieve each other. The Rambam rules that this is that this is so whether it is done on purpose or by accident. What constitutes defrauding? The Rambam and, and Mechaber both rule that if one overcharges or underpays by one-six, which is 16.7%, or more of the value of the price of an item, then the transaction may be cancelled by the party who was over or undercharged. According to, to the Rambam, this law applies to ordinary purchases as well as to merchants, even those who are experts in their fields. In addition, perhaps this might qualify as a case of ta'us, a mistake made by a Jew. When someone cross, comes across an object that belongs to a Jew, he's required by the Torah to return the object, particularly in cases where one knows who the object belongs to and the owner had not yet given up hope of getting his object back. For example, if a person receives too much change at an, a Jewish-owned store, or if someone is inadvertently given an object that was not meant for him, in either case there is, is a requirement to return the change or the object. In addition, if someone keeps an item that is obligated to return, this is equivalent to stealing. Yeah. Yeah. So in conclusion, this actually gets interesting. Based on the halacha above, since the iPhone purchase price was for less than 5.6 of the market rate for that model, ENH Electronics would be within its rights to cancel the sale and ask for its return. In fact, if Benjamin refuses to return the phone and insists that the terms of the sale be upheld, he would be transgressing the law of 
El Tanu. And also the positive commandment, Hashev et Hakadol Hashem Gazel. So there's an addendum. The concept of price gouging is also found in secular law under certain circumstances. In New York State, for example, it is illegal during periods of abnormal disruption of the market to grossly overcharge for essential goods and services. Under this New York law, there is no fixed percentage to determine if this law has been violated, rather whether the prices charged are unconscionably excessive. is left to the courts to decide on a case-by-case basis. It is interesting to note that while New York law applies it on a case-by-case basis, according to Halacha, we are provided with a mathematical formula that makes it easier to determine when one has crossed the line. I don't know if you guys saw, I don't know how long ago it was, but um, there was this, this, this case where someone had made a mistake on their pricing. Someone went and bought, I think they were iPads, and he bought them all. He bought them all, realizing this was a mistake. And then he contacted the, the merchant and he said, I know you made a mistake. I didn't want you to have to deal with this. So just give me my money back and you'd get them all back. It was a Jewish, all wow. Jewish guys. So just one more thing here. Questions he knew, to he consider. Knew on that, he knew if he didn't, so he if he sure. let other people buy it, the, the seller would still have the option to cancel the sale and it would hurt his rating. So that was one of the big considerations. Yeah. It, was a guy, it was a religious guy yeah. in Lakewood. He bought these, they were supposed to be four, he would check every night because it was competition of what everybody was selling it. And a $1,400 item he saw for $140. Wow. There was a quantity of 25. So he knew the guy had had to have made a mistake. So he bought the whole lot and returned it. He said, ship it to me, I'll ship them back. So it didn't even hurt him on a canceled sale. No. Very, it was well publicized. Uh, it's interesting because under standard contract law, once that iPhone was oh, he would own them buyer, all. Right. right. That's it. The contract is fulfilled, and and the buyer is under no obligation to right. benefit, uh, you know, returns, no. return any. Why do you have to go through the trouble of shipping? Why could you just? Because if you cancel on those platforms, it hurts your rating that the, the uh, new buyers see. How would they know to cancel? You just they, the the site keeps track of you because if you're a, if you're a bad Uber drivers can't just sit and cancel until they get a high dollar kind of it rates them if they cancel. It was uh, it was a big help the guy did. He saved them like. Moshe David saying his only option then would have been to cancel the sales and it really would have hurt him. Yeah. The rating is very important. Gary's and, and, and maybe that's maybe important. that's why the ones who don't like us don't like us because we hold ourselves to a higher level. That's probably it. Right? So just two unanswered questions. Would the conclusion above be different if ENH Electronics was a non-Jewish owned company? So I think what Moshe Dovid said, right? Well, okay. It depends on whether you're, if you're Jewish, then you apply yourself to the higher standard, even if it's to a non-Jewish company. But under secular law, you're not 
No, even if you're Jewish, you're not actually obligated to. Once you receive that item, right, the contract is fulfilled, right, and unless it's defective, then you keep it, yeah. right, because you paid for it. And it doesn't matter whether somebody else made a mistake. And just the one other question, what if there was a state or federal law that provided that a purchaser pays for an item that is for sale on a website can enforce the purchase? Would that override the above halacha? I would say as Jews, the halacha is the halacha, right? They don't answer that question about the non-Jewish law? No, they just say questions to consider. Quick measures and then we'll read it. We'll just read uh, the next paragraph. Fairly short. Okay. Um, Hashem, uh, Hashem God formed the man. The Midrash expounds the verse spelling of Vayitzer, and he formed with a double yud to allude to two acts of forming an act of forming for Adam and an act of forming for Eve. Oh. I went to the wrong one. My bad. My mistake. That was last week's. Noah, right here. My bad. Is this the Parsha of the Week? This is uh, the Midrash on the Parsha of the Week. But that was, I turned to the wrong page. My mistake. Sorry about that. It makes sense. The two makes sense, actually. Right. But we're not reading Voracious. We're reading Noah. All right. Come on. Here we go. Jeez. Voracious is long. Here we go. Noah. All right, um, we had read to, this was right, okay. Similarly, uh, a latter verse, a latter verse stated, the wicked are overturned and are no more, but the house of the righteous will endure. The wicked are overturned and are no more. This is a reference to the generation of the flood, but the house of the righteous will endure. This is a reference to Noah. Thus it is written, these are the offspring of Noah. Noah was a righteous man. Noah had been got, begotten sons, Shem, Ham, and Yaphes. Another explanation of these are the offspring of Noah. It is written further in Proverbs, the house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the just will blossom. The house of the wicked will be destroyed. This is a reference to the generation of the flood. But the ten of the just will blossom. This is a reference to Noah.